Welcome to The Odds Pod. I'm Dave Hendrick. And I'm Ben Hennessy, and we're the creative team behind the Scout Comics title, The Odds. It's kind of like Cardinal Hobbs, if Hobbs ate Calvin and then was haunted by mutated man cows. Each week, we invite interesting folks on to talk to us about their favorite apocalypses, be it the fall of Rome, the destruction of Krypton, or that time you totally demolished the cheesecake your flatmate was keeping for themselves. We want to ease up on endings, accelerate their extinction, and give oblivion an ovation. So this week's guest... He's an entrepreneur, an animator, a writer, and an artist, but above all, he's a storyteller. As one of the founders of Dublin animation giant Boulder Media, he grew the studio from meager beginnings to huge success. They're responsible for massive hits like Danger Mouse, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, My Little Pony, Wander Over Yonder, The Amazing War of the Gumball, to name but a few. Now post-Boulder, he's gone back to his roots, writing and drawing a series of graphic shorts. He is, of course, Mr. Robert Cullen. Yay! Hey, hey, Robert. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome aboard. Thanks for joining us, yeah. Cheers. Great to see you. You too. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. It has. It's been well before COVID. Um, well, well, we were you've saying... been a, a, a Jimmy Murakami award winner since uh, we last talked, I think. Oh, yeah, it would have been actually, yeah, it was a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. it was during COVID. We were talking to Dave, I think last time me and Dave spoke was at my wedding. Yeah, no we got way. you beat, we got you beat, Ben, you know. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, Rob took the call, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how's life been treating you? Yeah, great, yeah, I'm just kind of, yeah. Yeah, kicking back and just kind of like enjoying getting back into drawing and it's yeah I'm loving it's absolutely loving it now so it's you know it's when you're kind of directing so you don't get a huge chance to draw and when you do it's basically quick thumbnail sketches or retake notes and stuff so be able to kind of draw for your own pleasure and yeah. kind of revisit your drawings it's great I'm loving it kind of falling back in love with it to be honest brilliant. Well, that's brilliant yeah kind of not having so many people to manage and actually get yourself hands on on the creative side of stuff that's got to be kind of just a blast again you know great yeah i mean i don't know how long it'll last but (laughs) you know there's less firefighting you know to deal with on a daily basis so it's kind of it's nice to kind of like just escape and join headspace for a while yeah 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 fantastic man so i've been following your progress on instagram where you've been posting little snippets here and there of like great comic panels you know like i have to say like you know it's obvious that you're a pro the the style is all yours. It's all there. You know, I, if you were to show me one today blind, I'd be like, oh, that's Rob Cullen's work, you know? So, <laughs> so it's really distinctive. You've got your voice there already. What's the plan with it? What are we, what are, when are we going to see it in, in full? What's, what's going to happen? Well, the plan, I mean, I'm going to, this is the plan where, how long it takes, I don't know, but the plan is to, I'm going to do like six short stories. So the idea is to kind of release an anthology. Uh, each story, it's kind of set in a different country, a different city, also in a different decade. And each, the plan is each each story will have its own kind of style fitting to the, the tone and, and, and nice. the theme of the short, like, you know. And that's as far as I got, I mean, I've, I've literally just started like, couple of months ago really yeah. and i'm just i've just finished my four short today uh one called the vanishing act so well, i'll be finishing this week actually so i'll move on to the next one so the idea is yeah just to kind of like get it's basically just stories i've had knocking around my head for yeah. the past kind of like years though and you know just had a chance to kind of tweak them and kind of refine them and make sure to kind of they're more cohesive um and just do it and get it on my system and, and see what happens you know i'll right. definitely i'll get it out there and i'll publish it or self-publish it where however I do it, it's, it's still still need to work it out. But at the moment yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just drawing and yeah. writing, you know, and then, then once I get a few more in the bag, then I'll start 
bring it out and see if there's any interest in it and yeah. if there's a way to get it out there to share with people. Awesome. Man. Have they been knocking around the noggin there for, for quite some time now or just in their last number yeah. of years? Or Yeah, well, I mean, it started off, I, mean, I started working on a graphic novel about three years mm-hmm. ago, Just, uh, but um, I think that just something I had to get my system. I haven't, I haven't I've kind of written it, but I've kind of half finished it, but... I kind of was doing as I was kind of still working on the last movie, just as a just a just a bit of somewhere from my headspace to go to when I couldn't on the, on the day job. So and then you look back at that, and then I, I could see that was really rusty in terms of drawing, like you know. So I thought maybe maybe best kind of folks in shorts just to kind of get get my drawing. Yeah, back into some standards. So, um, but yeah, the stories have kind of did, did kind of I've got about ten different stories, so I'm still kind nice. of trying to work out which ones was fit like the ontology like you know yeah. the, the themes. um so yeah that's great man are you I, kind of finding your time sorry dave you go and you're you're putting them all together yourself so you're writing drawing coloring lettering yeah. everything it's all you yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. brilliant brilliant watch out deck watch out someone's coming for your crown <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know i think it's probably like a reaction thing because it's been so years like in the animation industry and it's such a huge collaborative experience like yeah. you know you have dealing with like especially on the movie you're dealing with hundreds of people and it's brilliant you know because you're dealing you're, you're learning from other people and stuff so but it's just something kind of you know a nice change anyway just to kind of like fumble around myself and see what I can come up with and um you know it's and it's really kind of strange because you, you've, you've known who it kind of belts off from yeah, you know mm-hmm. I mean I've got some friends that I trust their opinion so I'll send them some stuff and say listen am I on the right track here am I just deluding myself but um <laughs> so it's uh yeah, it's 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 nice experience. And I like I worked as a freelancer for years and before I started bowler. So I'm used to kind of working on my own and sitting and sitting and sitting and you know, in front of the computer for hours on end. Yeah. How do you find that change of pace? Because when you were in Boulder, you would have been managing those of people who've been constant interaction and like and then to be at home, your own headspace, um love loads of times to put in your own work. Is it is it nicer, better, or things you miss? It's um, I you, know, you miss you miss kind of hanging out and the gossip and kind of like you know I'm just I'm kind of meeting new people and you know I mean one of the best things we walk in Boulder was actually you know seeing people progress and get better like as artists and stuff over the years and get more confidence in themselves and more confident yeah. in their style and stuff so I, kind of, I miss kind of seeing that like you know and obviously miss hanging out a little bit with, with, with like the, but even when in Boulder it was still like you know. Balls to walk, just forkings non-stop. Sure. So it wasn't yeah. a huge amount of kind of hanging out during the day. But um no, but I have no, I've been really enjoying kind of work, kind of just going freelance at the moment. And um I think I think I'm embracing my introverted side. Oh, <laughs> You're one of us. One of us. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And I haven't been outside now for days. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you shouldn't be. You've got lots of work to do, man. I do, I have lots. <laughs> I'm not calling Griffin, I can't yeah. go that fast. Oh yeah, yeah, man, Griff. Yeah, wait till you hear that episode. But um, yeah. So working on these stories, you know, it, you as you said, it, animation highly collaborative. You know, the 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 series, the movies you've worked on, mm-hmm. lots and lots of people. But also, you know, there's a lot of I think in 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 the art of animation, there's a lot of acting in the drawing, and yeah. the the different actors' voices come through in that. You know, and I find when when I'm writing comic books. I have to do a certain amount of acting sitting here at the desk, mm-hmm. you know, just to try a line. How does that line work? How, you know, how does this dialogue sound? Is it phony? Is it, is it for real? Um, do you, with your experience of like dealing with actual actors and, and dialogue and voice and all that, do you, do you find that influence in your, your writing and your, 
your art as well when you're when you I think so we'll definitely come in in, in the arts you know because I mean just obviously there's lots of similarities to animation and comics particularly kind of in the kind of storyboarding stage and stuff where you're trying to you're trying to get as much across in, in as one pose as possible in, in expression and um, but also still trying to have subtleties as well um so that there's kind of similarities with with, with that um and then we kind of just start simple storytelling compositions you know making pacing and stuff as well so which is what it was i love so much about comic books because it is like directing you're doing everything you know what i mean you're you're controlling the pacing the camera work the, the lighting everything i think the terms of this kind of dialogue um yeah i mean it's 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 hard i'm always conscious of making it sound natural you know yeah. it doesn't fall into kind of like kind of what you've heard before or you know like someone really said that in situation so i'm just trying to and which is not what you usually have in animation because animation a lot of this you know i mean on most of my shows i've worked on are all thing comedy shows so it's all kind of like going for the gag, you know, make sure your yeah. story's still intact. But like, I mean, the, I think someone said any line you have, especially in comedy, has to either, you know, develop the character, develop the story, or be funny, you know, or ideally be be those both or be those three things. Like, you know? So um so with this one, yeah, do, like it's, it's less comedy in this one. So I've kind of I've I've kind of get my ear trained back to kind of like realistic believable dialogue that belongs to that specifically that character and like know what a character would say that that line of dialogue you know yeah so um but it's great it is and again what i was enjoying it's just i'm learning a huge amount as well like you know so i mean i'm still learning every day as i go along and i mean um just when it comes to kind of inking kind of mm-hmm. just been so scared of that like you know just you know um i always found myself was for quite anemic looking you know it's just like drawings are nice but they're just like really kind of flash because i wasn't sure where to put blacks or so yeah. that's one of those things i'm just still kind of learning and looking at researching and looking at people's work and you know uh yeah so that, that's what i'm loving as well just kind of it's a, it's a whole new challenge you know so and they'll never stop. I, I really like how you're putting in those blacks by the way because you have you have a really nice kind of mixture of graphic use and then like where you're pulling down like shadows. Um, but you're also kind of like setting up focal points of some of those panels that we've seen you post up. Like it's, it's, it doesn't look like you've been struggling with it at all, you know? Okay. I think, well, I love it. I don't know. I think it's an accidental stuff because <laughs> you know, it's really kind of cross hedging and stuff. I was like, Oh God. And then it kind of, I don't know if it's a, it's, it's a leftover from animation as well, where, you know, you're just kind of like, it's, you're dealing with more kind of like flatter colors, blocks mm-hmm. of colors. Um, so, but that's why I'm trying to like, for the different stories, I've been styles and kind of pushing myself in the experiment and see where I can go with it. Awesome, man. Like, it's, I can't wait to see the finished products, you know, and I'm sure we will soon enough, like, be bumping into you at cons and stuff, you know, and uh, yeah, well, we'll be like, well, hey, we knew I mean, that guy before year. before he made it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Be the usual yeah, thing, again. Ben. Yeah. You know, again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Don't don't talk to me about the Hendrick curse. Right. So, um, everybody who comes on the show is asked one big question. Mm. And uh, it's time to ask it to uh, of you, Rob. Um, so, Rob Cullen, what's your favourite apocalypse? Um, it has to be um, the apocalypse from uh, the book Day of the Triffids. Um, I read a, I read a kind of must be... 15 years ago and I was just blown away by it because it was John Wyndham a British author wrote it and it was 1951 1952 when it came out and I just I couldn't believe how ahead of its time it was and how influential like when I look back at like 28 days later basically basically really that that desert that kind of came from this post-apocalyptic setup it was there like you know um 
So, I mean, the story itself, if people don't know, it's basically the premise is that the um, majority of the population, world's population, are blinded by an apparent meteorite shower. Um, and then it makes matters worse. There's a species, a carnivorous species, a plant called the trifid, who can kind of slowly kind of shuffle and walk around. And that's basically slowly flourishing and picking off the blind people. So yep. it's kind of like... It's kind of like a zombie as well. I was thinking this yeah. day, like it's almost like and the way they killed them, you have to decapitate them. And this was like what 16 years before Night of Zombie Night Romero. Of the yeah. 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 So you know, you can see how influential it was. And even the opening the open sequence, I mean Alex Garland was saying that you know it wasn't just in sport, he basically, you know, that to do it him, yeah. like many days later. So the open sequence is, you know, the main character, Bill Mason, waking up in hospital in London. His head is bandaged because he's there for kind of head injury treatment. And, you know, it's Monday morning and it's deadly quiet. So you can't get anyone to come to him. So he has to kind of struggle around blindfold with the bandage arm and look for help. And he eventually takes the, the, the blindfold off. And London is empty, it's, you know. And so it's him walking around the hospital. I was thinking, my God, I read it the first time. I was like, this is 28 days later. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then scared admits that's, that's, what, that's where I came from. Like, you know. But um, but it's just because it's kind of survivalist. You know, but it's also um, social uh, commentary and satire and, you know, it deals with everything. It's kind of post, post-war, post yeah. also the beginning yeah. of the Cold War as well. And it's all the themes of, you know, that man kind of messing around with nature. And it's it's all there. It's, it's like, all there, you know, yeah. It's a blueprint, isn't it, for, for everything? Is, like, I mean, is, yeah. you know, we're, we're watching, everyone's watching The Last of Us at the moment, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, listeners, we are doing a uh, follow-along um, special edition podcast every Tuesday, if you want to check it out, um, that that uh, gets in deep on The Last of Us episodes. But it's, you know, that deals with very, very similar themes, you know, plants for starters, mm-hmm. but also, the, you know, the survivalism, the, the satire around, around kind of modern, you know, um, policies around food and... Uh, you know ecological disaster and how you know farming is bringing us to the end um much faster than anything else going on you know this this kind of kind of factory farming idea and And, isn't that like everything the main character bill mason brings up in the book early on he realizes very quickly i can't make my own clothes oh i don't know how to farm i I don't know how to do all these things and this this just predates all those shows yeah yeah and it kind of also kind of talks about like the the different kind of sex how sects (laughs) (laughs) different forms of society kind of begins so you've got like the religious yep. faction and then you've got like you know the more militaristic and you've got the more kind of like free love so it's kind of it's a bit of everything thrown in there as well yeah. um, pre-hippie era as well you know yeah, like exactly. yeah, 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 he, yeah. He, you know he was a bit of a a bit of a prophet in that sense i mean i love the political side of it the, the kind of cold war stuff where mm. there's this suspicion everywhere that these things are russian you know and yeah, yeah I, I i just think you know if something goes wrong catastrophically in the 50s yeah it's the Russians Russians yeah. did it you know um, and, and we're kind of there again yeah you know? I was going to say the same thing yeah, yeah it's like you know that like it's it, it's insane like that how history repeats itself but you know mm-hmm. we're seeing we're seeing that that come through and you know rightly so at the moment but it's you know it's it's so ahead of its time and so of its yeah. time as well you know like it, it it has it definitely has um like our works on on a load of different levels the first exposure i had to it was the bbc tv series which i think was repeated when i saw it um 
I think it was made in the early 80s, but I probably I probably caught it kind of late 80s. So I was still a kid and I was absolutely terrified of it because of the it was the stings from the from the plants themselves and the 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 eye injuries, you know, they they'd blind people and stuff. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um that was just ah the nightmare. You know, you're 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 you know eleven or twelve years of age and you know, constantly, you know, rubbing your your um your eye inside out or whatever, you know, or getting you know flies or whatever, you know, just from running around outside, you know, and it's like anything in my eye, I was just like ah, you know, and then I'm watching this thing, and it's like forty months garden, yeah, exactly, and it's up there with with like you know Doctor Who effects, which you know back then weren't let's face it, weren't good, but still could scare the crap out of you. Yeah, well, they leaned in on how real it was supposed to be it wasn't supposed to be silly or spoofy you know yeah. you were just supposed to understand that this is a threat yeah and, and you do yeah. yeah yeah i mean especially kind of like i mean there was so, like back in the early days like there were threads mm, you know, yeah i mean that was i mean i remember seeing as a kid when i came out and it absolutely terrified me and i was looking at some of it recently and it's still really it's hard to watch like you know yeah. it's 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 just not shy away and that was i think that was shown at like Seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the afternoon. One for all the family. Yeah. yeah. Nightmares for weeks. Yeah. yeah. No one sleeping in this house for quite some time. Yeah. Man, yeah. We we uh we didn't sugarcoat things for our kids back then, did we? You know? Um yeah, I mean there's there's a ton of stuff like that from from back then. But yeah, but Triffitt's like it goes on as well. Like it keeps going, that story. And uh, you know, the it, it, the twists and turns it takes, like mm-hmm. you know, it gets it gets really deep on the on the on the science side of things, and then mm-hmm. it gets into that kind of social commentary stuff as well. With as you said, the different sects and the different different kind of the, the tribalism that comes up, you know, mm-hmm. um, even to the uh, point. It's, it's interesting again as well how we're kind of predating all the usual kind of zombie apocalyptic formula stuff of the monsters being the threat. The, the Triffids kind of stop becoming the threat, and other people become uh threat Pretty much again, yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of like them turning in on, in on themselves like you know but i think what one of the things that struck me as well it's just like some of the visuals that brings to mind is amazing just kind of like lines of lines of people blind people each mm-hmm. one with a hand on the next person's shoulder and like hoping that they'll find one-sided person or i think at the start where mason meets um this sort of woman who who's who's sighted but she's changed this guy like you know this guy's blind guy's kind of chained her you know yeah. and he's basically using her to kind of lay into food um and so and that was like i think that's like the first hour yeah <laughs> oh, it got the really quickly <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's also got it's got some of the kind of things that you look i always love about like these kind of novels it's got like your you know, what would you do? You know, what things, what what list of things do you need? You know, you need camouflage gear. You know, it has all that as well. Like it has all the kind of like you know fantasy kind of pocket stuff. stuff. Yeah. that's kind of enjoyable to think about. But it was amazing how bleak it got. Like when uh, I, I think it's pretty early on where he goes to a pub after being in the hospital. I think, yeah. and he meets a guy in there, and we find out that like uh, this guy's wife, and like we're only after going through one night. I think at this stage, yeah, yeah. and um. His wife has taken the kids up to the room and she's blowing them up. Uh, he left the room because he didn't have, uh, he's, uh, I think, the guts to see it through. But he's yes. down finishing himself off in the pub to get that kind of uh, Dutch courage to go back up and see them and, and then go the same way they did. And it's only in a few hours. I mean, like, it, it's it, like I, I couldn't, I don't remember it being that bleak so quickly. Um, 
in any other genre generally people get hungry yeah. before they start thinking about eating the other guys you know um but these guys seem to go all in very quickly uh, it's it's scary you know that that how the society just just completely breaks down the second they're they're not familiar with with this new uh ladder of who's actually top dog and who isn't yeah man it's it's like it, it's done in the way they, the way they they mess around with you know society in it and um you know, you've you've got this. Um, there's a bit of a, I, I suppose it's because of the blindness thing, but there's a fascination with light in the in the book as well. You know, there's, you know, from from the the kind of meteor stuff, through to you know, London just being in darkness because everybody's blind. But then there's one light that you know mm-hmm. people are just attracted to. Then, you know, um, like it's it, it's very clever writing, you know, and it's I love it when someone gets like a relatively simple idea. But they kind of they look at it at every different possible angle and kind of really milk it for all kind of different opportunities for storytelling or set pieces as well, like you know. So um, yeah, it just takes the most kind of simple things, innocent but really innocent, but makes them really kind of interesting and you know uh, puts a spin on it. Yeah, yeah, and that thing where you know light kind of guides them all the time. It just gets you to the next, whether it's an appalling scenario or whatever, but it just, it just get, you know, keeps pushing the story, the story forward. And then like, spoiler alert, you know, um, and we've, I suppose we should have said this at the start, but spoiler alert, it like, it doesn't resolve itself. No, it's really, it's, it's like, that's amazing. Right to the end. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because there's a scene in that near the end and it's, I think it's like four years after the, 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 the initial events and he goes back to London for to get kind of more materials wherever he needs like you know and London is overgrown it's just like nature has taken back London and it's you know like Big Ben is crumbling and it's covered in moss and, and, was, and then you look at Last of Us and you got like yeah. and, you know again kind of like nature taking the back like you know so um yeah it's just it's so many everywhere you look you kind of go there's echoes of it everywhere it's 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 crazy and it's not it's, it's not usually that well known really I don't think like you know or at least it just, I don't think it kind of Gets it gets the kind of like uh, the credit that it, it, it deserves. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right there, and and you know it's it's a hugely influential piece of work, but it it tends to get lost. I think you know mm, people yeah. talk about um, you know for this kind of post apocalyptic stuff, it's all Romero or you know or what what came what came after that. But this is you know maybe it's a it's a transatlantic thing as well. Maybe you know mm. this side mm. of the world. Um, uh, and even little shop of horrors is possibly influenced by this as well. Right? Of of followed after. I mean, there, there's so much. Set there's in the so 50s. much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there is so much that this is like uh, lent itself to. Like uh, I Am Legend, Richard, Richard Matheson. Like there, there's so much yeah. that uh, it just seems to have borrowed from this. It seems to be like the, the initial like the kind of John Carpenter that kind of gave birth to yeah. all the rest of sci-fi and, and Conan and that kind of stuff. It's it's just, uh, I didn't realize how much an effect it was until you brought this up, Robert. And I went back and, and like the, the opening sequence is The Walking Dead. The opening sequence oh, is yeah. 28 Days Later. Yeah. You know, it's it's all these things. It's, well, like, it's someone. Back in the day, I thought Walking Dead was kind of paying homage to 28 Days Later yeah. with that first scene. And, you know, it's in the comic and it's in it's in, in the show as well. And then, you know, 28 Days Later is actually paying homage to Triffitt's, you know, with with that opening scene. Like, they're both the same, waking up in the hospital. Yeah, nobody's yeah. around. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... And, and if you watch the film, you know, when everyone's kind of blind walking around London, it, they're stumbling, walking slowly. It's not too 
difficult to imagine them being zombies right there and then you know it's 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 the same yeah you know exactly. it's, uh, yeah, they, yeah they kind of slowly shuffle around the, yeah. the trivets and and they, they, they kind of discover that the trivets will wait they know if someone's inside they know they will eventually have to come out because they've run out of food so and it's a thing as well i remember they have these little kind of sticks at the base of, of the, each, each plant and they kind of like they they kind of click yeah actually them communicating with each other which is really creepy as yeah. well more, like, and it's uh, all over more all clicky over. stuff like yeah it's yeah. all over the last of us like yeah. You know the 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 kind of the clickers, yeah. the clickers, the fungal of network. Course, yeah, it's like yeah, like that, yeah, 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 man. It's uh, like hugely influential. Um, yeah, I I just you're you're absolutely right. It doesn't get the credit it deserves, you know. And I'm sure with the kind of ratings that you know the Last of Us is generating all over the world, someone is looking at Triffids right now, going, "Yeah, we can we can do this again." You know, there's been a few adaptations. Like, um, there's been a, a film. Years ago. The, BBC did one years ago, yeah. yeah. BBC was film in the nineties. Um, but yeah, I could, you know, you can yeah, tell with the guy see. from Mission Impossible, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Do Great Smith. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Do Smith. Yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. who was originally cast as Wolverine. So he was, he was cast to play Logan in the first X-Men movie and he couldn't do it because Mission Impossible 2 ran on. The shoot ran on so he couldn't right. he couldn't play Wolvie. Yeah. And like well, Mission Impossible, the worst Mission Impossible. But um <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> like it's not even uh, a good well, one, do Grey Scott. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he uh yeah he lost out on on and you know I um, I personally I you know I feel bad about that because you know if you if you're familiar with the handbook the official handbook of the marvel universe you know that wolverine logan is five foot two right he's five foot <laughs> fucking two which makes me taller than wolverine right but oh no huge Jackman had to come along you know with his uh with his long legs and great physique and he's like now six foot two or something you know it's like come on man wolverine's a nymph he's a little you know <laughs> anyway and do gray scott is about five foot two so, oh, is he? So, him missing out on that role was, was, you know, wasn't good for us little guys. Oh, no, that's like, <laughs> was it Burt Reynolds turning down all the different roles he should have taken? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Jack beat the Wolf of Cookers and he turned that down. Oh, so. no way. Yeah. Didn't know he turned that one down. Oh, loads. Just amount of roles he turned down was insane. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I don't think he was into yeah. working all that hard, though. You know, that was probably, that, he was having too <laughs> good a time, yeah. you know? All right. So, what, what, like, what is it? Um, what is it about this book? Do you think that kind of everyone's borrowed stuff from? Like, what, what do you think is that that spark in it that we all kind of, whether we mean to or whether we don't mean to, we kind of borrow something from it when we we draw something post-apocalyptic. I, I think it because I don't, well, I think it's kind of unexpected because it's because it's kind of set in basically Middle England, like, you know, so you, you just one, it's just the setting is so you wouldn't suspect it. I mean, it's, I think when like Shaun of the Dead came out, it was such a novel idea to have a, you know, um, a zombie movie kind of just in, 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 in your local pub. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think it's something that you can relate to it as well. You know, because when you're talking about, I mean, I don't know, it'd be different if it's in, in the States, but, you know, when, when he's, when he's kind of, talking about Mason kind of he's looking for this girl and he's naming towns that exist like you know towns mm-hmm. that I've probably driven through at one stage or another like you know over the years um, so there's some kind of like I think he was a kind of, like, kind of cosy horror 
you know, where there's something that's quite relatable to us. But I think it's and it's and it's but it's written in such a believable way. I mean, it's such an outlandish story, like, but it's written so believable, you know, that it just it just stick you. And I think what it is, it's just it's packed with these great visuals mm-hmm. that once they're there, they'll always you'll never get rid of them, like, you know, or I'm sure whoever's, you know, you know, the same with Alex. Garland or I'm sure people before that he must have read it or at least something somewhere came yeah. from this yeah. that could influence people like it, it, it's packed it's got so many ideas you know yeah. um, I mean from I mean even because in the end it's actually revealed spoiler alert that possibly it wasn't a meteorite share it was basically there was satellites in the in, in orbit in the earth that it, like the Russians had put up but also the Americans as a defense system and the satellites had contained what could have been chemical warfare and, and maybe there was some kind of accident that went wrong and that's what actually caused the uh, the blindness of people's radiation like you know um, so it's, just, yeah, it's just, I think it's just brimming with I mean one idea alone you can make a novel out of it yeah. like, you know yeah, yeah. it's just like a, a whole universe yeah like yeah, yeah. amazing you know and like uh, cozy horror the same guy then went and wrote The Midwitch Cuckoo Cookies, yeah. you know, which like children, like children of the damned, village of the damned, children yeah. of the corn, like it's all that stuff. Like it's all that's all him. It's all the same guy. And I'll tell you, it's like village of the damned, the, uh, the the movie is one of the mm-hmm. best British movies, horror movies. It's out. It's beautifully directed, yeah. beautifully shot, and paced, and everything. It's again, it's one of these little masterpieces that I think people probably put put down as kind of pulpy or you know bit naff, but it's. Man, it's beautiful, really artistically done, and yeah. you know, um, but the same with his books as well. Like, you know, they're not mm-hmm. pulpy, they're really intelligently written, and yeah, it's sci fi, but it's kind of like, like, but it's again, it's all done in the home counties, you know, yeah. so it has this kind of like you know, unsettling feel to it. I, I had to go back and look at the film, um, while we, uh, while we were prepping for this, and I, 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 I forgot the film was also in color, you know. Um, oh, I, yeah, because I don't remember there being any blood, and I've been lost in the in Hammer horror films for God, God since God knows when. I've, I've been a fan for a long time, and like horror films are just like full of red blood, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting that this is around that same period, and there's there's not a drop. I It's different. The ending is is different. Um, let us know what you think about it when you get around to watching it. Um, it's by no means a bad film. It's really enjoyable. British and set in London, but there's an American hero. Oh, I, forget course, his, yeah. I forget the actor's name. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have an Chad. American hero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very well done. Um, it does share kind of questions come up. It does share, um, a quality with um, body snatchers as well, in the sense mm-hmm. that it 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 asks the reader to consider how important being yourself really is, especially mm-hmm. at times of of crisis. You know, so in body snatchers, which we which we covered in a, in another episode, okay. the uh, which is which is coming up, the the threat is that you become part of a collective. You know, you're, you are yourself is taken away and, and it becomes a pod person. Who, and, and that's that's part of this kind of also plant based collective, you know. Um, and in Triffids, it's that you're still around. But if you're acting for yourself, you're probably not as useful as you could be. It, that mm, if you were yeah. acting on behalf yeah. of the collective, you know, and it just asks that question, like the book just asks that. It doesn't doesn't give mm. you an answer. It doesn't get you know. Whereas 
you know, body snatchers goes full, you know, flag waving. Yeah, be yourself, you know. But um, but Triffids does it in, in, in such a way that you're just kind of left pondering the, 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 the answer. And I, like, I think that's way more effective as well. Like, I just think as as a as a as a piece of writing it's just like yeah you know i i don't want everything told to me i don't you know i want to be yeah. left with questions and think about things after the book you know um and those one of the things that like great good stories do to kind of ask you you know what would you do in that situation mm-hmm. and one of them is also like you know because he he has to, he finds himself in the same situation many times where should i stay and help all these blind people but he kind of knows it's only kind of and poorly, yeah. And poorly, or I helped him for a short amount of time, but you know, I mean, just where where do you stop? Mm. You know, do we need to look after myself or try to kind of like make a goal of it or help in some way start our society again with the sighted people? So again, it's got all these kind of questions that you know you would ask yourself as well in that, in that situation. Oh, the amount of times I come away going, oh, I don't know if I would have done that. Oh, but I see why. Oh, I mean, the book does it so many times and it does it so well. Um, and you're often like not really even worried about the other people going against his worldview and not being part of his mm-hmm. idea of what society should work. It's often just a moral drama of like, oh, I think you should come back and help them. Oh, I, I don't know if he should have left them just there. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough in those circumstances and it's not something you come across in books a lot. I, I, I haven't felt the book do that to me in a long, long time. Um, but that did it to me several times in one, one, uh, yeah, story. Yeah, it's, there's a yeah. lot of those kind of yeah, moral moments. quandaries. Yeah, yeah, that come along and just leave you thinking, "Would I have done that? Could I have done that? Should I have done that?" You know, it's, <laughs> like it's yeah, it's um, it's it yeah, it's very affecting stuff. Yeah, um, and then there's a few bits in the film where you know I wouldn't have done that, and um, <laughs> like like there's a there's a whole sequence where these two people who aren't in the book, they're. They're um, bio mar- marine uh, scientists. They're they're studying stingrays, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, stingray. Yeah, I mean that would have been better. I think is like we just see these guys, uh, a husband and wife, bicker um, and try to deal with him being an alcoholic while the Triffids are, are kind of attacking their lighthouse. Mm. And, and and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they added these guys in was because they found out that what they had recorded was just was just under a hundred minutes, and they needed to hit. <laughs> <or something>. Yeah. <laughs> so, like when you watch Don't it, you realize this feels like it was just added on, and yeah. it was. Yeah. And also these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's, a, it's the weirdest B story ever. You know? So Rob, you're 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 a filmmaker, you're a storyteller. If you were to adapt Triffids, what would be your what would be your spin on it? What would you do? Are we setting it in the fifties? Are we staying in the UK? What's happening? I I I, I, I kind of do it back. It's funny. I was thinking like I am legend. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see an I am legend made set in when it was set in, yeah. in the book. I think it was yeah. in, I think it was set like in the future, but it would have been I think it was the seventies or something. Yeah. Like, you know, in the book, like um, because I love it when you because I think what you do when you when you, when you take a book. Uh, uh, an old book like and put in, in present day yeah you start talking you're talking about different teams as well like you know like war same spells better war of the worlds it's talking about different different team like than it was like you know but um i think if, if you said it if it was set, say in the 50s i think it's just a feel i think it would feel more unsettling mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i think you, have, you you go into a movie with preconception of what england 1950s is and you think mm-hmm. think of agatha christie and the smart that kind of a home scale and, and then the kind of like put a 
put and go that dark with it as well. I think it's a nice nice combination as well, a nice contrast. Yeah. Um it's funny because it's, it's I think it's all set like it starts all set in set in a beautiful summer's day, like you know, mm. so yeah. Family's contrast is not like your your typical drowsy wet horror hammer horror type setting, like, mm. you know. Um but yeah, yeah. I think the trouble would be I think that would we'll, we'll be try to make the um the Triffids scary as visually like you know because in the book you kind of you, you see what, you, what they look like and mm-hmm. only yeah there is a bit of a doctor who but even when you think of it like you know what comes to mind is doctor who aliens like yeah. you know so how do you yeah. make them you know in a real kind of more i mean unless you, you, you don't show as much of them the usual kind of trick like you know but yeah great aspects of it where they go like you know this this the the the, the sting the the stem is like a ten foot tall. It can whip out and it's ten feet tall. Like you know, you'd make that. You know, like you probably show that more than you would actually the the, the triffids themselves. Like yeah, you know? but, um, yeah. I think it's. I mean, I think it's got. I mean, I think it'll make a great series. Like you know, yeah. well, I mean, it's probably it's it's so many series have been done since like that. Yeah. It probably feel like it's ripping off someone else. Then. <laughs> it's a bit too late to do that, but um. No, the other thing's ripped off this one. Doug Ray Smith again. So, yeah. but there's listen. There's there's always there's always a new generation who mm-hmm. aren't aware of it, and that's why that's why reboots and remakes exist. You know, that's yeah. you know, yeah. like somebody said to me recently enough. I can't believe we've got like sixteen Batman films, and I was like, yeah, but for everybody, one of them was their first Batman film. You know, like, yeah, it's like James Bond. You ever got a favorite James Bond? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I I think you, you you hit something there about Agatha Christie, you know, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, Miss Marple versus the Triffids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we go Christie verse, right, and we team up Hercule Poirot and Miss Marple, you know, and uh, and and we go we go hell for leather after the Triffids, you know. Oh yeah, if she beats them, it'll be her versus Predator. Nice. <laughs> She gathers all the all the trivets in the room at the end and kind of like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the big reveal. It was the Russians. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Well, listen, Rob. Thanks a lot for joining us on the Odds Pod. Where can people find you? See little snippets of the books and. Yeah, it's, um, I'm on Instagram, yep. so it's, it's, it's robert.cullen.art on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook as well because I post it on Facebook. And that's that, yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll have a Twitter account, but I don't think I've used it since 2010. Cool. Um, so I'll also you can send me a postcard or a PO box. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, yeah, Rob, your address there, Robert. Yeah, just, just to say. <laughs> yeah, we might we might not give out your address on the uh, on the pod, you know. Um, yeah, send it to Jesus, care of the White House. Um, okay, well, Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for joining us on The Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for The Odds coming soon from Scout Comics. And please tell us what your favourite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benessy. That's B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. And me on at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer, Adrian Carty, and we'll see you at the end of the world. <laughs>